0: So you had the equivalent of D&D what happens to most people when they're trying to pick something on Netflix? Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, thanks again for joining us on BarQuest Empire Fager.
0: Hey, Eric. That was a pretty great conversation we just had with Star of Stage and Screen Anthony Rapp. The oh my time God. just flew by. Y- uh, you might even say the time-space continuum warped see what i did i did i did it different
1: i felt transported <laughs> oh <laughs> zir, 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 zir. i'm just going to give you the. I glad of that anthony's sec.
2: not
0: here to hear us yeah doing that's that. really this um, is moon this anthony is next Rapp, level mooning. anthony
1: Rapp is an old friend of mine uh, uh an actor and a writer he originated the role of mark cohen in the broadway production of rent and also did the movie he was been on broadway and good you're a good man charlie brown and if then He's Um, also
0: done a bunch of film and TV. You guys would know him from Adventures in Babysitting, Dazed and Confused, uh, you know, films like a beautiful mind he's been in indies like scrap he also portrays lieutenant commander Paul Stamets in Star Trek Discovery an amazing series and an amazing character that we talk about ex- during this interview
1: yeah um, he's also an author he wrote a memoir that's wonderful and he does a lot of uh, D&D for charities including Jasper's Game Day World Builders uh, the Lambert House I mean he's just a really good dude all around yeah
0: yeah really great guy we talk storytelling we talk d and I think you guys will love it stay tuned for Anthony Rapp I'm Phaedra L. Casey and I'm Eric Jensen thank you for joining us us quest empire. Hello! Welcome! Thanks for being here with us, Anthony. Oh. It's great to have you. So I've yes. already been introduced. Well, we're going to do
1: what we do, we do on uh, our show. Uh, we do the introduction afterwards so as not to embarrass the guest with all of their... Unless, unless, unless you en- want to be embarrassed. Right. I'm from, okay. I'm okay. from Minnesota, I, so I, I just assume, and anytime anybody ever talks about me, I just get very shy. Yeah. So I don't, yeah.
3: You know, as a fellow but, Midwesterner. Really, that resonates. Illinois.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, what? Where? Chicago, or I was
3: born in Chicago, but I grew up in Joliet.
1: Okay, so what? Tell me about Joliet. Joliet. There's a prison in Joliet.
3: There's a prison in Joliet. I it's love the, blues, the, the, the names of brothers. towns
1: in the Midwest. They all sound like
0: French and like oddly not like what the town is. Right? Well, it was like, Louis Joliet was a yeah.
3: ex, was an explorer. And right. It was named after him. I don't know why.
1: The fur trade went through there from probably Canada. Likely,
3: I, I assume. Yeah, it was the land of Lincoln. Yes. <laughs>
0: Someone check up on that. I don't know why are there French
1: names in Illinois. That would be something for our producer to check uh, to check out. Um, so, like, um, where did you after you were in the mid? Well, like, like, so you grew up in Joliet, like as a kid. Yes. And like, what was it? What, what was life like as a kid in Joliet?
3: Um, I, I, but, <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, it's a sort of blue collar suburban town. Uh-huh. It's probably more mixed uh economically than a lot of chicago suburbs are thought to be i think most people think of chicago suburbs like john hughes films Uh and that's like that's like the north suburbs where where i'm from was much much broader range like very very poor to you know probably pretty wealthy lawyer doctor types um and it's far it was far enough away at the time that it hadn't yet been sort of now i think it's considered more of an outer suburb of chicago but it was it was. It's like 40 minutes to the city. At that time, when I was growing up in the 70s, that was a, a bit of a trip. Yeah, so there were plenty of people in Joliet who never went to Chicago, and some of them were proud of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, actually, not dissimilar from mine. My, I lived in a suburb of Minneapolis called Apple Valley, and, like, you know, Apple Valley was where you were. You know, yeah. like, there were the odd sort of, there was this musician girl that I had a huge crush on who like had a band in Minneapolis. Yeah. She was like the adventurous one in a very big high school. Like there were only a couple of kids who were like going into the city and... Yeah. Yeah. And so. there's like a bunch of us who
3: like from my several years, like within a few years of myself in high school that have gone on to have like good careers in, in showbiz. And, wow. And well before my time from a different campus in Joliet, Lionel Richie an alum. So... There were, it wasn't because there was like a lot of culture and arts in this, in the town itself. It was just sort of, I don't even know how we all. It's because there wasn't and everyone ran away.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, did you, did you, was there any kind of arts program in your high school? Did you, is that where you got interested? No,
3: I I started doing plays at like community theaters and things like that. Um, I mean, there was, there was a, there were musicals and plays, but it wasn't like a, a, what I would consider an arts program, really, if that Mm. makes any sense. There weren't acting classes. There was a choir. So mm. I did that. Was it very churchy or very like no. connected to? No, no. It was a public high school. So, um, I mean, I think we did like some sacred music, which most choirs do, but it wasn't because you know, we weren't like, it's just because that's what you sing. Like you sing Christmas songs sometimes, but that wasn't all we did. We also did show tunes and a okay. number of things.
0: But, but mean, Christmas songs, not in a religious context. Not necessarily. I'm, yeah, no, yeah I guess not necessarily. I'm, I'm new to this part of the, that. <laughs> that whole thing I
1: mean,
3: Muslim family Christmas was different sure yeah. right on totally
1: yeah no we had show choir
3: yeah we had that well we had called swing I don't always we call it swing choir not show choir we weren't wait, swinging wait. I don't know we didn't do swing dancing did you okay.
1: wear we wore bow ties and little yeah, tuxedos and, something like that but yeah, similar to so. you I did a lot of community theater Yeah, and, and that and that carried you did you end up going to school for acting then or
3: I, I, just a little mm, school I went to Interlochen camp uh-huh. okay um, and that was, that's when I first did my first real acting classes, I guess. I did like some dance classes at a local dance studio in Joliet. But um, no, most of my training really was kind of like doing shows. And then I got my I got my equity card when I was nine. Wow. Oh so my did God. you always
0: know that you were going to be an actor and wanted to I be mean, an actor? I mean,
3: as much as I, I didn't know that was a thing, mm-hmm. I just was doing it. And then there were directors that I was working with in community theater that were encouraging to my mom to take me to Chicago to get professional work. And we, she was like, okay. I mean, it it wasn't any kind of grand design or plan. And
0: no, but that's great. You basically had someone foster and encourage your, Talent yeah. and sort of like it, it was seamless since he feels organic for you.
3: Yeah, and it was before, like I mean, to say it's before social media is such an understatement. This is you know early '80s, late '70s, early '80s. So I mean, there was no much there wasn't time, a lot of information yeah. available. There's as much
0: it. time between now and 1980 as 1980 and 1939. So yeah, let's yeah. not think about that. Too yeah, long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Math is stupid. Yeah. Right? you don't know why it is what it is. <laughs> so you've
1: been, I mean, like you know, you've been around storytellers your entire life of. of of all uh, and around a, a lot of a lot of adults who like were into like theater and playing and the idea of becoming yes. characters and stuff like that. I and I was, was also
3: a huge avid reader, like reading like crazy from a very very young age. And what were your
1: go to books? Do you? I
3: know? mean, early on. Uh I, I was pretty young when I first encountered like C.S. Lewis, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah, sure, um, and then Lord of the Rings and Hobbit and things like that. But I don't I don't know the exact age, but very like pretty young. I was reading above my level uh-huh. early, and um, I remember a book Island of the Blue Dolphins and and and. Uh, and um, oh, my m- wife you know, is a shaking wrinkle, her head. A wrinkle you know, in time. Wrinkle in Time, sure. You know, stuff like of that. Of course. One, one, one series that I didn't that I, I don't, I don't know how I missed it. I had it, but I didn't read it until a couple of years ago, which I kind of wish I had read it as a kid. Although I think I appreciate it more as a as an adult. Was the Earthsea books by Ursula? Oh, Le Guin I love that are those. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tales,
1: Tales from Earthsea, right well a Wizard of Oz and yeah, Tombs of atuan and yeah yeah all of them i mean yeah. it's,
3: you know so yeah stories and 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 then you know as a i saw star wars in the theater when i was whatever five or six when it yeah, came out sure, you know yeah, so in yeah. star trek after, I, saw it after school school I saw it for a dollar i saw it for a dollar in my
1: tiny little town yes. it cost a dollar to go to the movies all right grandpa everyone knows netflix
3: <laughs> used to come in the mail yes. sure sure
0: yes. and popcorn yes. was don't alienate people
1: there's people listening <laughs> <laughs> i can't fake my age um, well, so, so the, it, there was no sort of acting bug then. It was just sort of part and parcel of your... It's amazing. Did you, did you like do shows with friends and stuff like that? Did you like make films? Did you do anything sort of in that sort of realm? A, of li- a
3: little bit, yeah. My, I had a friend in, in high school that had like a little camera and we would do little short films. We did a short film where there was the, there was, it's so dumb. Like a, a lawnmower got possessed and, I love you know, it. like... Was it stop started motion? chasing people? No, it was a real I mean it was, it was a real like, possessed lawnmower? Yeah, it was a real but it was, you know well, how did it you wasn't get stop motion? <laughs> he would like you know, you put it on auto and then it would just go. <laughs> but like he had like the ketchup and bad Blood. It was kind of like camp- it was purposely campy horror, uh, <laughs> you know. Amazing. Right? Yeah. Um, so we did stuff like that. What was the title yeah. of it?
1: Oh, I don't. The, 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 the Attack knows? of the Lawnmower the attack Man. Of the killer yeah. lawnmower. Wait a minute. Uh, lawnmower uh, Mad Hold on. And then
3: it was optioned.
1: <laughs> and we would do like
3: we would do like audio tape sketches, like fake commercials and sure, you know, fake yeah. interviews and
1: k- goofy characters. I did. Uh, like that. I did. I was I mean, a big fan of. That's basically we doing that. I was a, well, kind of pretty much. Yeah, I was <laughs> a big fan of Firesign Theater and and sort of Guide the Goon Show, which is like Peter Sellers and that. Sort of way like a lot further back, but like anything that was Monty Python-esque, yeah. Monty, Monty Python was oh, was our
3: friend's go-to, and and, d- and Hitchhiker's Guide, oh, yes. yes, I love all
0: those, but I came to uh, this so, so late. When did you guys discover? i read
3: Hitchhiker's Guide this year, and I kind of hated Disappointed? it. I kind of doesn't stand Actually, up? actually Disappointed? I kind of hated it. Oh my oh, wow. god, I thought it was so bad. Why, and dumb. you tell, just tell matured me why. and passed
0: it, it's just like only yeah. accessible to 20-year-olds. I or don't
3: know, like, nothing felt earned. It f- was maybe trying a little bit to have some commentary, but nothing, there were no threads that carried through. I thought it was really dumb. Ah, and wow. And like, like, rootless.
1: Interesting. I don't okay. know. Okay. Douglas really Adams, shots fired. I've, I've, I I, well, he's not around to fire back, but... Well, I, mean, <laughs> I remember lo- like
3: all my friends, all my geek friends, and they're, we're the friends who would pl- try to play a little D&D, but we were so lazy at like doing the thing, we only would like draw maps and roll characters and then we would sit down for maybe an hour and try to do like a little bit of a fight with goblins and that was it like we n- i never did the ca- i had like so many i would sit with my books for hours just rolling characters
0: so you had the equivalent of D D. what happens to most people when they're trying to pick something
3: on netflix yes
2: yeah. <laughs> yes yes <laughs>
3: but it was that same cadre of nerdy kids who loved loved the Hitchhiker's Guide books. But we also love Monty Python and Monty Python has There's a lot up, of
0: overlap in so. all those things. I mean, I think Yeah, I but Monty some... Python
3: holds up. I'm sorry. It holds
0: it up. Oh, it hold up. It does. It does hold up. Yeah, but no. Hitchhiker's Guide.
1: There's a couple know. of books. There was a, there was a <laughs> my, Mine was a spiritual book but there was a book that I went back to and I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of basic and stuff and I get why I responded to it back then. Was but... it Penthouse? No. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> yes, it was, Phaeger. <laughs> it, it, it most certainly was. <laughs> <gasps> it was the spiritual <laughs> book for me. <laughs> Something uh, spiritual happens. <laughs> so, so I have a lot of questions because I haven't seen you in a really long time and, and and like um I knew you back in the day when it was pre-rent and we were all auditioning together and yeah. I don't remember if I met you on a callback for rent uh, because I was called back. I had three callbacks. It was like so like and I had still I had Jonathan Larson's tape that he made yeah. for all of us to learn the songs but, from. Yeah. And it was so, um, it was such a part of like, it was, it was like kind of a trial by fire for every young actor in New York at that time, you know, for all of us who were part of it. And I was just so happy when you, when it happened and I was just so happy for you. And Thank you. my daughter's a big fan of the movie and, um, and it just has brought a lot of people a lot of joy. So, you know, Thank you. Yeah. but I knew you before. Which is pretty cool too. Have
3: you seen Tick Tick Boom yet?
1: Uh, and I was going to ask you about that. Did you watch it?
3: Yeah, it's uh, <sighs> it's really hard to watch. I mean, is it's it... it's wonderful, but it's just really hard to watch because it's Tick Tick Boom. Pain you know, Rent to watch, right? Rent. Yeah, Rent is. You know, there are elements of it that touch on aspects of Jonathan's sort of life, but it's there's nothing about it that's directly autobiographical at mm-hmm. all. But Tick Tick Boom is his life. It mm-hmm. is his. Words and thoughts and fears mm. before it was, you know, he wrote it after he had while well, he'd working on this other show called Superbia, mm. which he worked on for years. It was sort of an original sci-fi musical kind of mm. like 1984. And there are amazing things in the text of Tick, Tick, Boom, where he's talking about like how people are going to be obsessed with like putting themselves on the Internet and, and watching themselves on, right. on wow. TV. I mean, it was like and he was writing He was this ahead in of the, his yeah, time in like yeah. the late 80s, early 90s. You know Wow. So, um, but that, you know, didn't go anywhere. He had started on Rent before, but had sort of left it behind. So, Tick, Tick, Boom, he worked on between ending Superbia and beginning picking Rent back up, and during that period, he was incredibly fearful huh. that he was never gonna make it, and that he, oh. so it's just this portrait of this period of his, of his life that's really painful to watch, as someone who knew him and then saw what happened and then and he also had this weird the tick tick boom is the title is because he's in a way not he's afraid that he's going to die, but he's afraid the time he's going to he's going he's gonna, he's to time run is out, on
1: fire. Right? Yeah. yeah, well, it's such
0: a f- I, don't, I haven't seen it and I'm, I I should I'm due to see it soon. But I. Uh, my girlfriend saw it. She was telling me about how it's like this idea that you put your heart and soul into this thing, this personal project. And everybody is like, this is so great. Tell us when you do the next thing. Yes. We'll be interested. Yeah. And it's like not taking into account the huge investment of time and energy and soul that you put into this initial thing yeah. and do you ever get that back i don't know I, that I'm, I'm i'm definitely looking forward to watching it so i don't know if you just well i mean you know as artists
1: to... we're always developing things and making things and 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 sometimes it's an incredibly painful painful process yes. you know um i worked out my uh from my father by writing about lester bangs yeah um yeah who, i mean you know like that was my that was my thing that's that, that's the first time I've ever said that publicly, <laughs> but it really helped me, Yeah, you know, and um, it sounds like uh, it's real close mm. to the bone and uh, that the uh, actor. Andrew Garfield, An- Andrew Andrew Garfield. He's,
3: he's, he's really wonderful. Yeah, he's wonderful. And he kind of he kind of he looks he just he looks like Jonathan's like so the silhouette is kind of remarkably similar. and uh-huh. uh, he, But he also captures that kind of spirit. Right. On. It's, so it was it was really intense to watch, but like very moving. But I have almost no object objectivity about it either. Of course not. So, yeah, I'm yeah. really glad that it's in the world and that people are getting to know Jonathan's work that much better because he had so, such a diversity of work, too. I mean,
0: is it weird for you to feel like something that you were a part of is now like a period piece? Or, is, or No, I like that. Yeah. I
3: really Yeah, I mean it's a little weird in the sense it was 25 years ago, but at the yeah. same time I, I I think it really captures a period. So I'm proud yeah. of that. Like and it, you I feel, think it's yeah. authentic. It tells yeah. and when Rent debuted, it was 96, which was right when the cocktails the the protease inhibitor cocktails were emerging. That's right. So the the right. the whole conversation around what it was to be living long-term with HIV was changing. Yeah. So it captures that period right before that happened. Right. When it really was much more of a death sentence for people, right? Um, I mean, in 1995, I had a friend who was 25 or 26 years old who died, yeah, he had, and he was only positive for maybe for two years. I mean, it was wow. That didn't happen all the time, but I also two crazy
1: two friends at a restaurant that I worked with within about two years of each other, and relatively young, and yeah, yeah. 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 It was. I mean, you know, I was. I mean, I was living literally in the East Village uh, at at the time that the the show came out. I mean, they had and. I had never been pulled in for a musical before. I mean, they were really, they wanted people who really were living the life. Yep. You know? Um, It was so great. Jonathan so nice
0: to me. I'm one of those actors that goes in for the musical auditions but shouldn't be in there, <laughs> especially like for the dance calls. <laughs> We're well, like, yeah, I'll try it anyway. I like, why decided, not? I just and they're doing, I shouldn't like, these be at the crazy. dance calls either.
1: <laughs> Anthony's my favorite kind of triple threat because he's acting sci-fi and a D- Dungeons & Dragons uh, gamer, oh, that's the best Dungeon kind of Master. It's the best kind Are of Are you a DM or, or
3: a player? I've DM'd one one-shot which Uh was a published one shot from this really cool, do you know Arcadia, which is like the thing that Matt Colville has put together. Tell us about it. It's a, it's all homebrew stuff that he gets these great writers together to put together like new subclasses or adventures or spells and it's really well done. It's really thoughtful. It's play tested. in this, w- so a friend of mine, who's one of the writers on staff of Discovery, uh huh, right on, um, ran. He he knew that I was getting into back, back into playing because I was posting about it on Twitter. Sure. And he's like, I would love to run a this one shot for you and friends. And so we did it. And I loved it so much that I did a one shot myself that I ran for um, Broadway Con. Oh we, we did, wow. We did virtual Broadway Con last year or sure. this past right, year because, because of COVID. Well, and yeah. yeah. And uh, and and it was so fun. So so you ran this So first? I ran that. It was so much fun. I loved the prep stuff. You know, and I I've, I've been watching a lot of like I've been playing in two campaigns also as a player. Right mm-hmm. on. My friend based in LA, we've just everyone discovered you could actually play. You can play on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was when I that was when I first played again. Right. In a cam- or really really in a way
1: played How for real. long was
0: the hiatus between when you had Last and this. I time. mean, I was
3: like eight wow. years old, nine years
1: old. Wow! And wow. one night, one
3: night, my friend in in San Diego has been off and on run campaigns, and I sat at this table a little bit. I wasn't really playing; I was just sort of like hanging. Uh-huh. So I'd been around a little bit a few years ago, but it wasn't the same thing at all as playing. Like, right on. I was just sort of. So hanging. you
1: came in when Five E was Five E Five E. So Five so, E. Yeah. You been went here. from like D&D
0: to when you were eight to like D&D adjacent? Well, maybe, I, mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, to like, well,
3: yeah, well, I'm uh, Well, go ahead. But there's one I mean, so do, do you know the earlier edition stuff? Uh, Which, I started playing in second
0: edition. I sort of So that was
3: advanced engine right? yeah. yeah. So advanced. do you remember like if you were a halfling you could only be a rogue, a rogue. or right. a fighter maybe if you yeah. could multi-class maybe? Yeah. Or if you were a th- like all those limitations. Yeah,
0: I'm, I like the, how it's expanded. I, I, I love that about the game Did right you now. Prefer, do you but think do you, you prefer like the limitations? The, the no. Limitation? Oh, right. No, oh,
3: I no. love that there's no limitations because I think it's really problematic to have yeah. limitations. And oh, also okay,
0: to like right yeah, decide yeah, totally. that races or classes yeah. are evil or whatever. Yeah. It's so, yeah.
3: Yeah, and they're still reckoning with some, still some reckoning with a lot of right. the legacy of that.
0: Yeah. Well, there's some of the Middle Thank Eastern God. themed campaigns and, and shit. Al-Kadim yeah. was, al Qadim was like, all all slaves all the time all slave markets everywhere you go yeah Yeah,
1: i'm really glad they're addressing all of that um it's very important you also you also uh, play some charity stuff you for jasper's game day yeah could you tell us about jasper's game day i want to i just like some of our listeners may not know about it um and i would love to i would love to tell them about
3: it well twitter has turned out to be this amazing i mean it is such a a nexus of like are you know, what I'm learning is of the D world and that and the people all the people mm-hmm. I've encountered in that world through posting about it have been really just phenomenal human beings from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um so uh Jasper's game day was started by this incredible young woman named Fenway Jones who knew two young people who died by suicide at her school. And as a response was trying to is just has made it one of her missions in life to try to educate people about mental Mm -hmm. health and suicide prevention and uh, just being able to destigmatize all of these subjects. And so one of the ways she saw was to, you know, have these game events where people play RPGs, which are so popular as fundraising events and uh, and also then to promote and link up to um all kinds of like grassroots organizations that are very community-based. So uh, it's the kind of when I do kind of work in char- any kind of charitable space, I'm really drawn to like Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. One of the things I love right. about it so much is that they they are seeds for Something getting directly that goes right yeah, back to the community. Right. Yeah,
0: you don't want to get lost in the sort of
3: yeah. They have a low overhead. They, they're yet, they're right. you know right. it's they're all fragile. about getting into the you know the main street of some town that doesn't have that kind of reach. Right on. So, uh, yeah. So, th- she reached out to me directly and invited me on Twitter, and so I said, "Of course." And oh, I got yeah. to play with Deborah Ann Wall, who's an amazing. Oh my DM. god,
1: we would love to have her on sometime. She's, she's she's like so like she's like she's a friend of my friend Jeffrey Canner. Uh, they did. I think was she in Daredevil? Was that her? I think uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. think they did Daredevil together. So I, I follow her on Instagram. I think she's wonderful. And
3: then I did another one with David Blue. Um, I don't know who a, that he's, is. A, he's a. He's a f- uh, actor that we've also become friends through through all this stuff, but he uh-huh. was on one of the Stargates. Oh, you know, that's where a lot well, So Latin I do know who he be. is.
1: I just oh. don't know. I is just don't any, know which character is any,
0: from. Any uh, competition between all the Star shows, Stargates, Star Trek, Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> do you guys meet in the streets for like battles? <laughs> all all of that to <laughs> all the time.
3: All the time.
1: So I'm, I, the time. So I'm
0: doing the snap off from West Side Story. I yeah. really <laughs> want to talk about
1: I, like obviously I still want to, I want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons. But can
0: you tell us your D and D origin story? You told yes. us that you sort of showed up to where you were interested. in. I mean, I guess, but when was the oranges, first right? time that you sort of met it, and how did that go, and what was that like? What well, was your first character? I just don't, I don't know
3: the exact cir- circumstances, was just through the, like the nerd experience of all of us like passing it around with each other in the late '70s, early like oh, wow, late '70s, okay. early '80s at the most, so. It was the that the second edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, totally. I still I still have the monster manual. I wish I, I could find my player's handbook, but I don't know where it is. We have copies. I there's think, a somewhere. little
1: there's a Dungeons and Dragons book right there on the top of. Um On the top of the thing, and it's all of that stuff that we used to play with. The catalog. It's the catalog. It's it's like got the original books and stuff in it.
3: And I think I I I'm not sure if I had all these books, but I certainly would spend time in bookstores looking through them. But the main, I just have such strong memories of like being at my grandma's house, where we would go periodically. I had like a million cousins because my mom was the eldest of thirteen kids. Amazing. And I would be bored. (laughs) So was it all your cousins and you? No, no. I was. I'd be by myself (laughs) in a corner rolling dice and making characters but my first character that i remember really wanting to play and and again i don't even think we really want to playing very much because we just weren't organized right uh-huh. but was a halfling thief like that's you and i am you buddy. know so when i came back to it last year the i had to do a halfling, halfling rogue thief, yeah, yeah had
1: to. and and what's your halfling rogue's name bartholomew and does your halfling rogue what's your what's your backstory do you, well, I can't, I don't can want, to, want to, to say too much oh. because of
3: like, not all my fellow players. know ah, all Ah, okay. So um, no spoilers, but
1: can you give us a rough,
3: interesting things happen in my childhood, uh-huh. um, that left me alone, but in in interesting ways that, that I've shared with my DM and I'm curious how he's going to do stuff about that. Okay. Um, one thing I did share recently with my fellow players is that I did pull off before I left my town where I grew up, before I met the players that I'm with, I, uh, Pulled off a really big caper, which was stealing a big, like, magical tome from a kind of high powered wizard. Ooh, yikes! And that's how I am an arcane trickster. Right but on. I can't go back to town because no way gonna be after. he's got a price <laughs> on his head, he's yeah, got a price so, on his head. He does. Uh, that's oh, one of the things that's an excellent. Do you story? do voice, but that's that's part play. of it. But the backstory, the, the, the there's like the sad stuff, but. There's sad stuff that left me alone as a pretty young person and I had to like fend for myself kind of thing. Sure. Um, but I've was in, I didn't know this until I started playing him, is that he really is like I, I you know the people who become like the wi- like the wisecracker. Oh my they god. They have the sad part. But uh-huh. they, like I've I it felt earned to make him kind of like uh like he tries to meet the world with you know, Sass, saps. sarcasm, yeah, right on, definitely. And, and I'm playing the exact you know. same character.
0: What is it about <laughs> Half like Rogues that like draws <laughs> to, draws them to this? Although you gave me you, the, my DM gave me the trauma that makes them a wise. Yeah. I, uh.
1: <laughs> um. So I have I have a question. I watched. I, I learned about your character in Star Trek. I am new to Star Trek Discovery. I'm mm-hmm. completely addicted after one episode. Oh, cool. Um. I watched episode three, which was recommended to me by somebody, and you are amazing somebody in it. Sitting oh, right here. You are teaching. You're teaching. <laughs> A generation of actors actually how to do it. I mean, just no, like from cool. a from a technician's perspective, uh, doing we do the same thing. Um, I I just I just tech watching you just work was just wonderful. Thank you.
0: Can we talk about Paul Stamets for a second? Yes. Yeah.
1: Like the real Paul Stamets. Well, yes, yes yeah. but I actually want to ask and you if you could and mycelium yeah.
0: stuff. Paul Stamets in Star Trek. If you could stat him in the D and D. Yeah world how would you do it if like uh, presuming that well, science I mean, is magic what would you uh i, I have mean, a couple I mean, of pitches 20 intelligence you. definitely yeah for sure Def- and knows it and uh, he's got
3: the modest feature yeah. i mean you know <laughs> very you know low to average strength like for sure yeah
0: what's class or alignment that's interesting those are interesting ones I,
3: it me. would be a, a kind of druid i think yeah, yeah. um i was yeah. gonna
0: pitch warlock with a mycelium network patron but
3: (laughs) Mm. no, I don't think he would want to be beholden to that. That was part of the whole thing is the true neutral. He's very, he is very neutral. He is almost always for this, you know? Yeah. 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 Nature is paramount, but also loyalty is really huge for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like not wanting anything to be misused. So, so there's a lawful. So like a good to custodian, him. a good steward of the power or the energies, yeah. right? And I just think like my 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 other character in the other campaign is a druid, so I think I probably have a lot of I put a lot of thought into this, but I think druid I, I'm always drawn to the notion of druids being like, if you fuck with nature, I'm going to fuck with you, kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh huh. And I think that Paul yeah. has that
0: too. But it's interesting because nature extends because of the mycelium network. I mean, this isn't spoilers at this point. If you're watching the show, it's like. The whole universe is connected, which is such yeah. an interesting concept, which feeds us into Paul Stamets, the which real Paul Stamets. Which is all based on his real conversation yeah.
3: that he had with the writers when they were putting together Star Trek Discovery in the first place. He was talking to them about these these things. God, when you walk into amazing. a forest, there are mycelial networks that span the globe or parts of the globe. There's There's a mycelial forest underneath a huge part of the Earth that's like the oldest living organism on the planet kind of thing. Yeah, it's wow. like thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of years may old. Maybe older. Right? It might be even
1: and, and newer. I may not wow. even, I even know. Because yeah. fungus have, doesn't
3: not, have the same kind of life cycle. And
0: as, it doesn't even have, it's not really related to us as, yeah. like, in terms of other carbon life forms. It's yeah. not really like us yes, in any other way. it's really right?
1: weird. Well, in his TED Talk, he showed, he showed. Well, I mean, you can easily see how a mycelial network looks like a neural network. Yes. I mean, but then he showed how dark matter is apparently scattered throughout the universe, yes. and it follows the same pattern. Yes. That that the universe tends towards a kind of intelligence. Yes. He even suggests that mycelium networks have a kind of intelligence. Yes, yeah.
3: And he, I remember him t- in the TED talk talking about like if you step on this part of the forest floor, that that this mycelium will send will send a signal over here in the trees have they're also connected to this network I mean you know I just think that's an amazing it's idea. super cool
0: and like kind of trippy when you think about yes. it and maybe it makes you feel like you just took a mycelial network yes of mushroom yes uh, <laughs> We well, you
1: tell us who the real Paul Stamets is and we'll yeah and how
0: it. that inspiration came to name your character after him and the
3: real Paul Stamets is a mycologist which is a person who studies fungus and mushroom Fungi. he actually pronounces it fungi if you remember fungi, oh, fungi. Fungi. is that just to avoid the pun no I think he like it's it's interchangeable isn't it he I got to to meet him at the after the premiere of the first season's first episode, which we had an event in L.A. and he was could not have been warmer, kinder, cooler to talk to. He gave me a hat that was made from mushrooms. Oh, amazing! That's a whole thing like making materials from different kinds of mushroom material. I mean, there's so many things about mushrooms that are. Amazing. Oh,
1: people! Do people give you mushroom gifts? As a, a mm. I get
3: I get tardigrades. I get like uh, I get oh, water bears. Like, <laughs> water bears. I get like, like stuffed tardigrades. Uh-huh. That's yeah, That's I actually
1: cute. the show has a, a present for you. As as you I, as you may or may not know, I'm a sculptor, analog sculptor. I oh, don't I do know any that. 3D printing. I sculpt these mushrooms as a, as a gift from the show. <laughs> we're going to give you a mushroom. Aww. But <laughs> some you. of them are super phallic, and some of them aren't. They're all phallic. Um, Who are you kidding? Well, I mean, mushrooms are
0: phallic. Mushrooms are phallic.
1: Well, depends. Well, well, But it depends I want you to take. T- yeah. want you depends, to think
0: These mushrooms out. are phallic. Some like are I lobster
3: mushrooms really phallic?
0: No. Ooh, no. Or no. like, what are the oyster ones? They're not. What are the but ones that you
3: eat? That I like eat personally, ones? I'll eat. I'll pretty much eat any edible mushroom. They're all delicious. Oh, that's cool. I
1: sculpt these from clay, and then I I paint them with black paint, and then I and then I cast them. But I thought it would be nice if you had like a mushroom. I like this one cuz
3: he looks like he's he's like a little misshapen in a cool way. Yeah. He's got little uh, a little extra, island of misfit toys mushroom. Yeah. Little got little extra growths on him.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad he's going home with you. He's yeah. one of my favorites that I've awesome. made. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Bravo.
3: Yay.
0: Mushroom gifts
3: aplenty. That's what I hey, when you thank play. You. I didn't That's took that box and not what I expected to leave yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Leaving home with the mushroom.
3: You know, Brian Fuller, who was one of the original creators of the show, was yes. a huge fan, of, is and was a huge fan of Paul Stamets and just loved doing things to like elevate his name and get his work out into the world. So, but Paul did come and talk to the writers and, and so all this stuff was rooted in actual and theoretical science. Well, and that's not like
0: a departure for Star Trek, right? Like everything that like you guys, or that you guys, everything that Star Trek talked about when I was watching it, has come yeah. to pass now. We're yeah. talking about tricorders, yes. communicators, communicators yes. and like all that um, stuff. Yes, there is the even some kind and of the warp- teleportation. The warping is happening. Yeah, yeah. Happening. Certainly well, they certainly theoretically with non-living uh, tissue. I think. I think they did it like on a I, quantum scale now. Yeah, they yeah. did
1: it with a. I don't know. I don't understand atom smashers. My my my, my step brother is a is a is a physicist who actually understands this stuff. But yeah. He, there, there there are particles that can be in two places at yes, once. Yes, that's exactly. that's that's been happening. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, I want to talk to you about, um, about what it's like being on a a show like Star Trek. I mean, like I've watched that since I was a kid and you know, what was it like to get the call to be on the show?
3: I was getting ready for bed and I checked my phone before I went to bed and I had an email like, are you interested in being a part of the new Star Trek series? (laughs) So I was like, "Oh, I can't sleep now." (laughs) But I was like, (laughs) "Did you sleep?" I think is. But I also just didn't know there was a new Star Trek series, Mm -hmm. Uh and I hadn't, truthfully, I hadn't seen any of the other like '90s shows because I was working at the time, and it was like before TiVo. I wasn't taping them on my VCR. I was just, I just missed it all.
0: Right. It was before the time when you could like stream all of them. Yeah. So
3: I just hadn't paid attention. I had seen the Kelvin verse movies. I'd seen the the first one anyway, Uh and I enjoyed that, and I loved original series, and I saw the first three Star Trek movies in the theater. Yep, me so too. So it was like me part too. of my life, but it was certainly not anything I ever thought of myself being in, hmm. huh. and, I, and I didn't know there was a show. So I was like, yeah. Uh, um, they sent me sides that were attached to a self-destruct program. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Yeah. So. <laughs> this is
0: more sci-fi already yeah. than anything I've ever seen. So Hang you, on, what you had like Explain two hours this. with it? Did you have, it have to like put away, a like... thumbprint in there? Or speak a? I had to do like, like any, I had Impossible? to do like
3: multiple, yeah, multi. What is it called? Like uh, multi-factor yeah, multi- verification. Yeah, all that stuff,
0: wow. and then you would get it, but yeah. then the email would disappear. Would you still have the, the size? No, I think the size it? would memorize. size would
3: disappear. But there wasn't. I didn't have to audition. It was an offer. Oh wow! Just for me to get a glimpse of the kind of what this was but the the other thing see and I, I don't understand that either the but they originally offered me they originally offered me a, they, in they in offered me a small it. role in what was the original pilot <laughs> uh-huh. and then they were still looking for their stamets and then uh, like I don't know a month or two later oh, I got yeah. a call out of nowhere saying actually we'd like to we make, make you, you this bigger role and I was like uh, okay sure yeah, I amazing mean,
0: it's like, it was I was looking so, for you, like, out you in the first out of nowhere. two and it wasn't and you're like he's not and then you show up in three and then it's such a such a great arc in the first season. Well, I don't g- want to spoil it entrance. for you.
1: You're not. No, I'm. Uh, spoilers don't bother me at all because I'm a writer. I mean, like right now we're writing a bunch of television, so it's like it's like, I love. I mean, part of the sh- reason that we do this show is we're here to talk about structure. And, yeah. And because I think talking about structure and stuff like that, and talking about acting and stuff like that, I think it helps. Uh, it's not only fun to talk about but it also helps players cre- understand story better and like you know how they can participate better and yeah and, and and how they can like sort of become their characters better how do you prepare for a character um dnd
0: or in in professionally in, in, right, in looks, professional
1: looks so. in professional life what's your methodology
3: i mean I've, i i believe that it's in the text i believe that the clues or, or in the text so when i'm spending time with the material I, I i i feel like it's kind of a lame metaphor but I don't know a better one is i kind of think of myself i hooked myself up i've never water skied but it's kind of like what i imagine it's what i imagine water skiing to be so I, I hook myself up to the boat the text is the boat yes. and i take my I let it take me on a ride and, yes and yes. and it you know is unpredictable and it the waves come when they'll come and you'll bounce around a bit but I don't try I don't front load it with a lot of choices and decisions. I I you know, I understand the the acting technique language around making choices and all that stuff, but I'm not someone who sits with my script and writes notes and says this is what's happening in this moment. Uh-huh. I want it to happen in through playing it and through You want people. it to do
0: something to you.
3: Yeah, there's sort of. instinctual like I get a vibe from it or I get a, a notion, but I don't make dis- hard decisions about mm. it. And then, uh, so there were clues from certainly that first script that you saw. Episode three, mm-hmm. Stamets. You know, he's like there's things that jump out. Stamets is prickly. Stamets yeah. is really smart. Stamets is kind of ornery. But then there's that speech in which he talks about what the what his reason for being is, mm-hmm. of, of why he's a scientist and what he's striving to do. And that is such a key to me of like yeah. understanding why he's so passionate about what he does and why his circumstances are making him more prickly than he might otherwise be. Well, so <laughs> he know, becomes so.
1: well I mean like this is one of the things one of the I'm working with a guy right now who's like, I won't do a name drop, but he's like a legendary writer. And when we first presented our uh, antagonists to him, um, they were very they were very two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, not that not that your character is an antagonist on the show. I'm like with your character for the ride. But they were very two dimensional and he was always training us in to give them pieces, give them give them stuff, give them things that humanize them, that root them and things that people can relate to. Then when they do something really horrible, you know, you know, you there's, can go, Oh no. Or, well oh, you yeah, you, oh, you yeah. like yes, they've done a horrible thing, but then you can see the whole character history mm-hmm. and how it like, you know, leads to that moment. I Absolutely. Mean, it, or yeah. when
0: like with Paul, when something horrible happens to them, you really or around them, you really feel that. Yeah. Because you've been
3: along with the ride.
1: Well, you made it, you make an investment in the character with that speech.
3: Yeah. I think, think so. Yeah. yeah. And there, you know, there were a number of, uh, like, fans of the show or fans of Trek who were a little turned off by Paul at first, which I was expecting. Uh-huh. Because he's, you know, typical Star Trek characters tend to be a little, little warmer. Way more optimistic. More optimistic way more Starfleet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, like, I like the reality of him. He's, yeah. place, like, he's actually, he was one of the, he felt more real to me because of that. Yeah. He felt more, well like me I guess I'm sort of an asshole <laughs> 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 I disagree Phaeger okay, one of you my know, best too
1: always. easy not to tell for sure too uh, easy to make sure. the judgment for, sometimes. You know, you
2: know, mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah and like it's sort of a projection to sort of keep people at bay yeah and uh, it's, it's it's an interesting uh, well it's a coping mechanism and yeah. like then you get to like why the person is that way and you yeah. kind of really see it over the course of the first season arc yeah. can you talk about his arc in the first season or do you think that he's he's he goes through a change i feel like he does yeah yeah and what can you talk about that and what that was for you and how did you play that and if you had to put it in D D terms what would that be like <laughs> how, does, how does that work did you change
3: alignments or no it's not it's not I, alignments to me are also way too binary even though they're yeah. not binary per se but they're way too rigid mm-hmm. the the idea like i think they're they're good like guiding sort of way to kind of think about there's general. spectrum I yeah, feel spect- like exactly. it's like you spectrum. can
0: be veering towards chaotic good but yeah. maybe in more neutral good, yeah. Right, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, I think there is value. Yeah, if you're going to if you're going to like if you're going to really invest in trying to explore what it's like to play a paladin because somebody who's so affixed to a, a rigid sense of morality, there's a, that's interesting. Yeah, in right. up, but but just to like then restrict your character's behavior because they're only do out that. of alignment right. yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. starts to get kind of wonky to me but well i would hmm. i
1: mean like as a dungeon master i always you, try you to, always
0: push the reason for them to make them like choose to do that yeah we're playing
1: a paladin, and i would have a discussion with them about you're having a crisis of faith yeah in this moment yeah and and the way that you used to do things and have done things traditionally is starting to wear on you yeah. and that's it and that's then mechanically, yeah. if you're
3: a paladin and you do something that really breaks your oath, then you do mechanically lose powers, which is interesting. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those obstacles are interesting. Yeah.
3: When, the, when the mechanic like like as I've been I know we're switching gears. I know, I'm That's sorry. great. That's, 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 what, it, this that's what this is all about. This is all about. People will keep up with it. We had our we had our session. I'm so I'm building my own campaign and I have friends that I'm going to do this campaign with. That I'm going to DM and. A friend of mine has never played before. He's played a lot of video games, so he he mm-hmm. understands games, and he understands, and he's he's also written, so he understands storytelling. He understands he's acted, so he right. understands characters. But uh, he started to like. I could see him. His brain was going in the in the realm of like, well, uh, what's the most effective thing to do here and here and here? And I was like, uh, what? Don't anything can be effective. Yeah. It's don't worry about that. Have it make sense for who he is and why. Like, and what does he want? If you're interested yeah. in doing that, what what makes it interesting to him that he is the kind of guy who has that ability? Why? Right. Where does it come from? Mm-hmm. Right. Always try to root it in something that feels real and earned. Right. You yeah, know, and yeah. that's what I'm trying to encourage everybody to do, and and everybody's really like in, interested in doing that. So I'm 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 excited about that.
1: As a collaborator, when you're working with world builders or playwrights or whomever you're working with, and you've worked with a lot of people in a lot of different situations, do you feel an obligation to bring that conversation to the fore when necessary? I
3: feel pretty fortunate that I'm handed material that feels like it's all on a on a kind of, kind of continuum. Uh huh. Uh-huh. If I were handed something that felt really off. Like what the hell is that? Like some weird right turn with no earned. Like here's some sky yeah. pirates. Do something with that. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. I would go like, huh. Uh-uh. But when it feels like it is of the whole, then I'm I'm on board. I, I, I and as a hmm. as a, this is the first time I've ever been a regular on a TV show. Hmm. I also don't want to know what's coming unless hmm. the only reason I would want to know is if it was like a secret that I knew that, that I didn't about, reveal right, to someone yeah. else. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like if I had some, yeah, if, if I had knowledge that wasn't known to the audience and wasn't known to the other characters, then I would want to know. But if it's not, why should I know now where I'm going? Because in life you don't know where you're going. Right. Uh-huh. Sort of like how so, you don't know what the other person is going
0: to say exactly. necessarily or how Shakespeare gave you only your sides when you were doing his plays. That, I was always fascinated by
1: Jackie Gleason used to, used to um, have somebody else do rehearsals for him. Uh, When he was doing uh, the honeymooners, and so there was like I guess there was a stand-in because he didn't like to rehearse, and um, and then he would come in and do the show, and everything everything would it would it made it more alive. Yeah, and it was one of the reasons he liked
3: it. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. you know, I think there's, you know, good there's and just bad some problems about, you know, with just, that. Yeah, yeah there's, you uh, there's know. Some, yeah.
0: yeah. I think he, <laughs> so I don't know. Sure I don't he was know that a really that's a pleasant admirable. guy to be around. Yeah, too yeah, that's great. So,
1: <laughs> Wah, pow! zoom to the moon. <laughs> although his get in there. His, although his albums for lovers are are, are Excuse, worth what? a listen. What? I have a lot of vinyl. Jackie Gleason released these albums uh, for of love songs. Confusing who Jackie Gleason? Knows? No, same <laughs> the guy. Same guy. Are <laughs> you? They're beautiful. The covers of you, they have flowers on them. We, uh, Sometimes a, we get a back to Star is, Trek okay, and D&D? Right. <laughs> Sorry. But that, How that, would you class Jackie Gleason? Oh, man. No, no. no. War, yeah.
0: Barbarian. Barbarian? Pow. That guy? Pow yeah. to the moon? Why I You,
1: you play D&D with your, with your Star Trek friends, I've heard. Yeah,
3: so it, Noah, who's Mary Wiseman's husband, and then also he plays a character in season three. Um, okay, that that's right. Cool. He's a wonderful actor, wonderful person. Uh he's been heavily into D D. We we were talking about it and we're like, let's get a game going with the cast. So That's we, amazing. And then it was just a matter of who it was gonna be and then like Sanique was totally into the idea, but she has no time. Right I and mean, she's right. the most she's the busiest person in the show but we did get we heard we did get we've to heard do a of session. her
0: by proxy from scott who was also she was also in a game with him a one-off with him oh yeah right, with yeah. The yeah. scott gimple <laughs> like, yeah yes, so there's yeah. the legend of her yes. playing D that's circulating around our podcast i mean she's twice. the
3: perfect person to play D because she's yeah. so all in on everything she does it's just the best but we did we did manage to have us like work it out where she she and her husband kenrick could be uh guests in a session so noah built a little side almost like a little side questy thing where we ran into her and her her husband's characters that they just built up and, and did a little adventure with them it was great oh that's but, so exciting but uh, Mary is a player I'm a player uh, Blue Del Barrio who plays Adira on the show you haven't met yet cause no because mm-hmm. I'm uh, early Ian I'm Alexander early. plays Grey
1: on the show I'm very careful about my addictions I'm I definitely I mean it's a good my, one my, my, it's yeah. a good one you can yeah. base it out it's
0: like methadone I don't know <laughs> <laughs> sure sure sure, <laughs> <In> <laughs>
1: sure. <laughs> but I, I like literally I was in hooked, terms of I streaming I, mean, I guess you know it's no not it's luck. just but I mean like you I'm very busy and I'm very busy creating and very busy doing my yeah. thing it's a
0: weird thing where when you're working you don't have time to like to
3: really enjoy consume so. the, the media that you like the producer yeah. is flashing a laptop at yes. you guys well, it's porn it's, no
1: 15 it's this is going <laughs> so <laughs> well he's just saying we only have 15 oh minutes God. left <laughs> we it's can like, go a little longer well, if, mean, if you want but I but, but I, I we don't have to but so really. so as a, mostly your life you've been an actor now I don't know if you're a writer or not or if you're starting writing or what what yeah. does dungeon mastering is a form of writing and plotting and thinking about yeah. are you <laughs> it's so funny so uh, yeah
3: i mean i i wrote a bit certainly i wrote a lot you more wrote a book, as a kid right? and then i wrote a memoir yeah. which is a very different kind of thing because yeah. it's uh from my life but the breakthrough in writing when i was first trying to write it i was almost writing it like a almost like articles and then the memoir or, es- or essays or the, the first i was yeah the, the memoir sorry yeah. so then my editor was like really write it like prose like you're like you would be writing a story and oh. when i when mm-hmm. he told me to do that It just it was a breakthrough, and then I so it was essentially like a first person. Not it's wrong. It's it's not fiction, but I wrote scenes as if I was writing Mm -hmm. if I was if I was writing a first person novel. Uh That makes sense of Of your life of my life, yeah. Yeah. And then part of memoir is it's memory, so it's not always going to be it's not journalism. Right. Mm -hmm. So so it's imperfect. It's imperfect by nature, but it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty accurate, I think, but it's certainly it's certainly perfect to my memory of things. So, right. but I also find writing to be pretty lonely. Yeah, and I really like collaboration. So, mm-hmm. the DM experience has been a really wonderful mixture. of
0: oh, both. that's an int- that's such an interesting way to think of because you are writing, but you're writing with people, yeah. and someone else has said that you're the DM's responsible for setting, but the players are responsible for character, and, and that's sort of like uh-huh. keeps things interesting and random too. They, I've also heard that the DM decides uh, the setting, but the players decide what the soundtrack's going to be, if it's going to be Lord of the Rings or yeah. Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I am mean, I haven't, you know, we haven't done session one yet, so I don't know where they're going to go with it. I have like some overarching ideas and I have themes and I have like s- political systems in play and sort of general kind of the way that things, are, things that are moving in the world... And I have like NPCs, and I have, but I'm really curious to see. Like, I'm gonna put shit in front of them, and then I'm gonna see what where they want to go with it. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't, do not want to railroad them. I feel mm-hmm. yeah. very strongly about that.
1: Yeah. Now, as a dungeon master, how do you organize all your material? Do you organize that or is it? Are just? Or, in no, your... I
3: organize it with. There's this amazing app called Notion, in oh. which you can embed pictures. You can link websites. You can wow. you can have Uh-oh. like folder like, uh, like you know like a little toggle menu. So you have a to- like I have an NPC name, and then you toggle, and underneath all the all any the kind staff. of things oh. you want about them. So it can toggle. So you can have like a list of NPCs. It doesn't take up all the page, and you can toggle and open it and <laughs> close it. And <laughs> then you can have pa- sub pages and link back to other pages. It's so it's a genius app. Man, and the other thing I have my players; they have their own Notion page where they. Write things about their character, and then I can comment on that page, oh. and, and we can have like a little sub chat. Now, do you do paragraph. the whisper function? Do you do secrets with your players, or do I'm you, going to? Yeah, yeah. I okay. think I'm going to. Not, I don't think I'm gonna have to do it extensively. But, right, but, but if I'd, you do it, are you yeah, gonna like
0: ask people to like, you know, plug their ears I'm, or leave the room, or I'll just probably go up to because
3: we're gonna play live, so oh, I'm probably okay. just gonna cool, go. Cool, sp- cool,
1: sp- cool. Sp- cool. What do you think you know, the difference is between playing publicly and playing privately with your friends? My game's completely private yeah. and we haven't, we haven't, all we do is this. We don't, we don't do our Yeah, stuff. I mean, there's
3: no need in a private game to like, you're not, there's no burden of like entertaining people or moving the story at a certain pace. So I think there's a little more freedom. Yeah. Um... But it's also like the, I, the, when the public things I've done have been like one shots. So uh-huh. right mm-hmm. on. they're a little sillier. Yeah, they're fun. less of yeah. a through yeah. line or yeah. a story yeah. thing. Yeah. That you're so you put, just come yeah. up with kind of a vivid weirdo Mm-hmm. To play for an hour, or two hours, or four hours, or whatever it is, and then you just go for it and just this try is to the story of my life, kids. You know, and just try to do do so. But you know, there's a there's like a couple vivid weirdos that I've played in multiple mm-hmm. one shots because they're just really world. fun to inhabit. You yeah. Know, that, so what Is they? that the title of your memoir? Vivid Weirdos. Vivid Weirdos. <laughs> yeah, there the was New York years. What? what I think, I, and I started getting these invitations via Twitter. Like, will you play in my you know one shot? So I was like, sure. Um, so one was a his a He's a bard tabaxi named Poutine. I love it. The ants, the the, Ansel, the or what, the, what? That's not the Ansel word. Elgort? It's sort of like no. The the word for like <laughs> something that would correspond in the in our world to the fantasy world, but like French. Canadian, yeah. lived lived where there were a lot of fur trappers, so escaped there because hey, uh, you, are you talking about my people, huh? exactly. So you don't, uh, you got to be careful. I want to play with this guy. Uh, yeah, it's very good. So it's you know really <laughs> is- really dumb but really fun. <laughs> so oh God! You know. I have a- Wait,
0: he escaped fur traders? That's yeah. even better. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I have a- and that's how he got into, like, all the... he's You know, he's a bard, but he's kind of a... Like, some bards are really, like, you know they do fancy things he's like he was it's involved with some ne'er-do-wells kinda, oh, you know yes, like yes, with yes. like uh, you know snake oil salesman and stuff. oh yeah
0: that's you know. awesome he's a, con- he's a grifter I yeah, love he's it he's a grifter but he's I also
3: he's also really famous yeah Ooh. and he's become like, wanted very, or infamous oh. no famous like become like a what? Oh, okay. like, so well do you know like, B. Did Dave Walters do people recognize
1: him on the, well late, late so do you know B. Dave Walters yes from uh, Black Dice Society yeah so yes. he does
3: these level 20 one shots that are charity one shots so he's like play a level 20 character he's like what about this guy so then in 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 his game, when I play the level 20, he's like super famous. He's like world tour bard. Like Bowie. So you're like Mick Jagger. And he plays a fiddle.
1: That's his... Uh, Oh, so like Jethro Tull. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, that's a flute. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah, no. You think like Joshua are we Bell?
3: Like, no, are we, no. What's like his like A rock names? fiddle. Like what's his? Like, like he did. Devil went down to Georgia. Uh, or, no, like Charlie yeah, like Daniels, like Charlie Daniels or, yeah. or Kansas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, Kansas. Yeah. The fiddle on Kansas is. So awesome. he's like when he casts fireball. He's like we, we have. We, a, we, we, we,
3: we, 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 we all we, have ADHD, guys. Amazing. That's why this is happening. That's why this is so fun. We all have ADHD. Yeah. What are we? What are we? What are we looking at? Because the producer is like flogging
1: us with time. Only eight minutes. Eight minutes of of joy He's and wonder. He's got to edit this hot uh, mess. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about about work. Um, you worked through the pandemic, yeah?
3: Well, not through Did it. Did you guys towards? The, towards well, uh, we started back up with season four in November. Yeah. Where, do you, where do you guys shoot? Toronto, Toronto, in Toronto. In Toronto. Yeah.
0: Do you? Yeah. So you spend a lot of time up there, I'm yeah. guessing, yeah?
3: But it was really locked down the whole time we were there. They didn't even have... You outdoors, had like A units, dining. B units, or just your, your core crew and that's it? But we couldn't even... We weren't even allowed to really commiserate outside of work because they're... Um, contact tracing is so robust that yeah. if anything, if they like, if we went to visit our friend in another building and there was any kind different of doorman there, or something, you'd have we, to we would, we could shut down production. So we had to like, so basically quarantine. Yeah. We were quarantined except we were at work. Wow, So it was really intense. Yeah. yeah, we
1: were first. I was on my show, just got canceled. We were, we were. Uh, uh, it was an ABC show. It was but really we
0: were... hard to not do the sad trombone sound.
1: Just no, that. no, that's okay. It's, it, I, <laughs> I come feel on, like I, it's an actor dies a thousand I mean, okay, deaths. Fine. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't feel that way about it. I was, I was grateful to work with all those wonderful people. We were the first back, and it was so weird working during during the first days of COVID when when there was no. Um, uh, uh, when there was no vaccine. Sure, mm. you know yeah. um, that's part of the reason that having these conversations is so wonderful because people come over and we talk about fun stuff. Yes, and are you working on anything right now? That's uh, not do you have start- anything you'd do like you to any- plug or, there- or pitch? Or- I'm I, well, I'm doing a workshop
3: of a musical. I did workshops of like. I mean, almost 20 years ago. Oh, what's that's that? That's come back around. Mm. And I don't know if this can be public or not. I assume it can be. So well, if I will... found out otherwise, I will let you know. But it's okay. It's Radiant Baby, okay. which was a, a movie about Keith Haring. Oh, my God. I did the first two readings of it. Um, and then when George Wolf became the director of it, he auditioned me, called me back, and did not cast me. Ah. So the writers are now doing a new workshop. I assume they've done a new rewrites and things. I don't know for sure. Oh my God. And they've asked me to do it now. You'll be say. brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. You're it's, perfect. It was like a really, I mean, I, I don't say that, I truly don't say this about things that I've done. It was really one of the best things I've ever done for, like in terms of, mm-hmm. the, it was just such a perfect, it really felt like a perfect link of everything mm-hmm. that I am. Yep. Um and it and and like my brother who came to see it and Michael Greif who came to see it were just like that was like one of the best things I've ever seen you do kind of thing. So it was that's really, yeah, really good it's good. Great when it, it lines up like that. It was, it was really was disappointing when it didn't happen the first oh. time. So it was just like I just got this email like a couple days ago. Great. So that's kind of well, cool. But it's, just a, it's a workshop I don't know what you know, I don't know what that will mean. But um But is it, is it um, now
1: is it a is it a musical it's or a musical it's a musical. Yeah. Does the music live in is it live in the eighties yeah kind of it lives
3: in the, it's very yeah it's very driven like almost like I don't know if dance music is quite the right word, but it feels like it has a kind of a club driving energy that feels oh my god. you know in the world certainly of what he was doing and and I got to do a musical about Andy Warhol a number of years ago, oh my too, god so I've gotten to play like Andy was one of his mentors too wow so i've now I've gotten to play these like iconic queer artists who change the world kind of thing you know so <laughs> you know like cool. you do
1: you need yeah. you need like, a trifecta you, know. you need a you need a you need a who, i've got who, who I, with the third I, i've got the mustache trifecta i've got lester bangs yeah i played God, thurman Jesus munson Christ. don't, yes. don't make i want to play david trifecta. crosby okay. Okay. if they'll let me my trifecta
0: okay. is a uh, literal magic genie time traveling osama bin laden and the guy that caught him so. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. let's just <laughs> smoke that kiss yes <laughs> yeah smoke
1: that. that. Put wins. that in your pipe. <laughs> wins. Wins. Well, Anthony, I I can't thank you enough for joining us on Barquest Empire. Oh, can I
0: have one more D&D question for you? Yes.
3: I'll, I'll, I'll well, talking I mean, I to to for another hour.
0: Oh, well, one more. If you could play D&D with uh anyone past, present, future fictional if you could pick like three people to play D&D with, who would they be? Oh, my goodness. This, this is a fun hypothetical.
1: This is like, like the actor's so. studio with yeah, his it's, cards. It's like my, you uh, need to have little note cards that you flop around. Yeah, and you know, they don't have question. to be like real people. It can be like
3: Jesus, Superman, <laughs> uh, Gandhi, you know? I mean, <laughs> so I don't know if she would be cool at the table, but I would love to be in a in a room making stuff up with Ursula Le Guin. Wow. So I mean, wow. that would be... Excellent. You know, she's and would you DM would or be or would overwhelmed? You play? No, I would. I would want to be. You would want to be an, the DM. In her, no, I'd oh, wanna, be I, in I her want game. her. to be the DM. Oh, that's yeah, excellent. totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, totally. everything that she would put in front of you would be complicated Wild. and beautiful and um, challenge every note, every assumption that you have about the world and the way people live. I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that she is one of the greatest thinkers we've ever had i really do I, I i don't think i'm going out on a limb it's like you know now finally people are talking about octavia butler in a real serious mm-hmm. way they, they the started third talking about her she's Le... come up this week they started talking about ursula Le Guin probably before she died where she finally like she won a national book award for her body of work kind of thing but so many of these genre writers have been so relegated to the corner right meanwhile yeah, tony morrison so. wrote a ghost story Beloved right. is a fantasy novel. It's a right. ghost story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Kurt Vonnegut.
1: I don't I Breakfast you know, of Champions was my was my uh, awakening. There's um, so
3: many. But anyway, so but Ursula Le Guin belongs in the pantheon of absolutely. great writers to me. That would be amazing. I don't know why well, genre
0: gets such a bad rap. It's some of my favorite mm. stuff. I mean, it allows you to like it's opening up.
1: Do I mean, I think it used to I think it thing. used to I think it used to get written off the same way rock and roll used to get written off. and I think it's I think it's opening up. I think yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit, you, know. Yeah. But you I th- know,
3: I still think like the awards they're starting to kind of like here and there. Like Marlon James wrote a really wild book a couple years ago that was a finalist for a national book award or it was, or it was on the long list. Um, what was the book? Black Leopard, Red Wolf or Red Wolf, Black Leopard, or I think Black Leopard, Red Wolf. It's a fantasy book. It's, but it's like, and you know, so much of fantasy has been like Eurocentric and oh God. it's Afro. Thank African, you for saying it. It's sort of like rooted in kind of Ath- African legend and lore. And oh, that's and, awesome. Um, that's great. And it's just, it's also, it's like super violent, but in a really, in a way that's very, um, to me, is earned, earned you know, real. talking about violence, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. the char- the main characters kind of screwed up. I mean, it's just, it's queer. It's like, it's really poetic. It's, it's tough. It's not for everyone. Well, mm-hmm. my
1: wife has already ordered it for me on Amazon.
3: But I loved it. But it did, that did get some, you know, but he's also a writer who hadn't written fantasy before. He loved fantasy. hadn't, he hadn't published it before. So he was already on their radar and then he you know dips, sort of like Colson I, Whitehead when he wrote Underground Railroad right well, actually you know, i
1: think it's one of his first novels kind just, of a zombie novel so well i actually i have a i have a recommendation for you did you ever read The Wind-Up Girl by Paolo Bacigalupi The unbelievable book
3: that's an <gasps> unbelievable book it's one of the best books i've read in the last i weeks.
1: want i want to live in that universe i mean we're close want well, to it. i don't want to live in that universe i want to live in that universe as a performer oh, i want to be yeah, in that yeah, movie yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, it's just well, well, like, it's just it like, so,
3: oh, it's so upsetting.
1: It's very, it's about a, it's sort of a, a bio, bio decay has sort of taken in and this sort of red dust is sort of, uh, permeated crops and, and, uh, energy is, 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 uh, uh there's a lot of bioengineered animals that create energy uh, for us. Uh, you know, um, and uh, the
3: agricultural conglomerates essentially control the economies. Yeah. Okay, and so like are, 20 years are, from now yeah. and money
1: something? is measured in calories. Yeah. So you like, you know, yeah. and and you follow this these characters throughout it. It's just a wonderful kind of dystopian yeah, world. it's really no. brutal too. Wonderful
0: though. dystopian world is not
1: <laughs> a sentence
0: I thought we would hear here. But <laughs> one of the it was things great. that I liked about
1: your Star Trek, by the way, is that it is, it has a, there is a dy- dystopic uh, element yeah. to it that I haven't seen. And I was a big fan of the 90s yeah. uh, things. Yeah. I, I think the last it's one that watched was, yeah. was Deep Space Nine, was my last, sure. was my last addiction because um, of R- Rene Aubergenois, who I just he was adored. Well, he was incredible. Amazing actor. Did the writers talk to you about that a little bit, or did they talk about it at all? That it's that there's a there's a slightly darker tone to the show than the
3: the, the idea that to get to the Starfleet ideals, they wanted to show how that was earned. How hard uh-huh. that was or how yeah. bloody a row that That's was. That's the story yeah. point.
1: Yeah.
0: It's interesting so. too, because I had such a prop. well, I mean, I want, can I, one more, yeah. one more Star Trek question. God, I can't believe we're going to, we could keep you here for another hour. Um, I almost thought the Cleons as racially as as evil, the way they were being portrayed, but also it was like problematic to think of that conception, because like, I mean, like a hundred years later, they're in Starfleet. So and like, in a way they're telling that, but they're also like in, in this first season, they're like attacking their enemies and, and eating their corpses. So it's like, that. that's pretty evil. Like when
3: you start... But there was, I mean, I think the idea, it's, it's and I don't like, know how, honestly, I don't know how well they pulled it off, but right. the idea was that there was a charismatic leader of that faction uh-huh. of yeah. Klingons that coalesced this movement and became, I mean, it was really... Like a a res-
1: it was dark.
0: Character.
3: It was a response to Trump. It really was. It was really oh my dark, God.
0: too. It really and, was. Yeah, And I didn't, you know, I didn't t- make that connection until just, you can just said it, but that's incredible. But also, yeah, wow, now that you said that, also, like, it's, well, it has a different meaning for me.
3: And f- and for them, if you remember from the early thing, that he was trying to unify the houses, yeah. which had been kind of split Disparate. apart. Yeah. Right. So, th- yeah, he became a unifying force through xenophobia and conquest and, and aggress- aggression. And then, then it know.
0: lost the center, right? And then they yeah. were just, like, sort of let loose. Well, without, like, um, like all great science, science fiction, it, it, it yeah, points oh, wow. to the now
1: without... Yeah. By by being there in the future. Yeah. like all So that was the idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, wow.
3: And then through Laurel's ev- evolution, that's how they started to bridge the world towards maybe when Klingons could become... Maybe there's
0: reconciliation. Yeah. But I, yeah, that was one that I was like struggling with while I was watching. Because yeah. like you can usually put cultural relativism in a category where you can like, okay, they just like, but then they like, It got really dark for Starfleet, is what I'm saying. I didn't expect them to be like, "Oh, we're eating corpses now." Yeah. Whoa! That took a turn. I mean, uh,
1: I mean, like, look, the world has gotten difficult and more complicated, and I think our stories have gotten more complicated. Yeah. You know, Mm.
0: soylent green is people.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's that's. uh,
3: Well, one of the one of the ways. Stay like, tuned.
1: Our sponsors, Soylent
3: Green. I, I love <laughs> Soylent Green. I love that movie. I've watched
1: it so many times.
3: If I could plug, like, not it's not a plug. Let's it's plug a, something. No, it's not a plug. It's it's just this with a the campaign that I'm building. Um, an inciting idea that I had was that there's this city, and I don't I really don't know where it came from, but there's a city in the desert, and the de- it was founded hundreds Vegas? of years ago by, no, <laughs> by a bunch of druids and. Clerics who worship Pelor, who's the god of sun and light, and, mm-hmm. so definitely Vegas. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that, that they 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 said we're going to create something beautiful and pure in the middle mm-hmm. of a harsh right. environment, and so it's it, and they they made it happen. But it, to get there, you have to work really hard to get there. So you have to earn your way. But it's open. It's like a utopian I- attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, so that was sort of an inciting idea. But that as with everything, there are going to be rebellions against that idea. People are going to try to encroach upon that, or people are going to Mm. try to rebel against that, or people are going to try to damage that. So Mm. like Mm. chaos is always going to try to. Well, it's almost um, as, as aspirational an
0: idea you're going to have. That's what the challenge you're going to invite to meet it. Like the more aspirational you get, the more big, bad your evil guy
1: is going to be. Well, it's that quote about first day, first day, first day, first day, ignore ignore you. you. Then they laugh at you. Then they fight, then they fight you. Fight you, then, you win. then you win. And who who has said that? Gandhi. Gandhi. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> I hope you'll come back, Anthony. Absolutely. <laughs> Will you come back? Absolutely. Are you are you are you going to get around to directing like a TV show or a movie someday? I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I would. That'd I would. I would love to work for you. Thank you. In That'd some awesome. capacity. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be fun. Happily. Yeah. Definitely. But I'd love to play
0: in a D&D a game with you. Yes, so let's, sure. Let's, I would love to do that both sometime of those too. Out I think that
3: we want to, you know, we want to get our, get going and uh, we've certainly talked about the, the the idea we could have like little guest NPC player people come in for yeah. a little bit here and there. So, Brilliant. that would be we'll a lot see, of fun. We'd we'll love to see how we do in the first place. Well, Got to get the, it off the ground.
1: Half the reason we met is because you played with Severed Sons uh, Yes. Or, and and uh, they're just wonderful people yes. and, you know, I love Ron and all those guys yes. over at Severed Sons. So, yes. it's good to make your acquaintance again. Yes thank you thanks for being here thank Thank you Anthony
0: Rapp this week's D&D Song of the Week is City of Intrigue by Mikolai Stroinski from The Witcher soundtrack
1: you can check that on our Spotify playlist
0: and you can find us on Instagram at BardQuest underscore Empire
1: and on Twitter at BardQuest
0: E Bard Quest Empire is produced by Bang in and Zach Murphy. Executive produced by Jessica Blank. Theme song by Tasha
1: Blank. Sound effects provided by Darren West. I'm Eric Jensen. I'm Fager casey Thank you for joining us at Bard, Bard Quest, Quest Empire. Empire. That was good.
0: Oh yeah, we did it together. Yeah, we did it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 we get a cookie,
2: maybe.